What's up, what's up, what's up? You are now tuned into What's the Word podcast. I am your host, Just Jazz, and I have three main goals to encourage you to grow godly character, to equip you to live effectively in today's society, and to open you to salvation for Jesus Christ. So ditch what you heard and let's discover what's the word. Welcome back, scholars. Today's episode is titled Favor Ain't Fair, and we'll be giving ourselves a little reality check as we embark on a new chapter in the Bible, Esther. And I know some of you are thinking, how did we go from Ezra to Esther? What about Nehemiah? And the craziest thing is that the events that take place in Esther are before the events that take place in Nehemiah. They all go together, but just work with me. I have a plan. We're going to start with some wins for the week. This week, you guys, I was featured in a fashion editorial. So I want you guys to go check out the Faith is Fashionable edit at faithisfashionable.com and go listen to my girl's Faith is Fashionable podcast. I also need your help with spreading the word. If this message speaks to you today, I want you to tell the world in a review. It takes less than five minutes, but it's invaluable. I can't express to you how much it means to me, but it does mean a lot. And it helps others to know about the show. So please leave a review and connect with us on social media. All right, let's hop right into our episode. Some background information of where we are. We are now stepping into Esther's account of what happened. And Esther is one of two books that are titled after women in the Bible. So it is a very special book. All my single ladies, well, wait, she wasn't single. Well, I'm skipping. Let's just stick to the facts. Jerusalem was destroyed. And 30 years after the temple was completed, King Xerxes becomes the king of Persia. In the third year of him being king, he had a six-month-long party. To say the least, he wanted to show what he was working with. In all actuality, this party was actually strategic in order for the king to come up with a plan on how to invade Greece. But after one week straight of an open bar, his decision-making skills become a bit tainted, and he sends for his beautiful wife, only she was in the middle of her own party. Some scholars says that she was even pregnant. However, she refused. This was unheard of, and so were the consequences that followed. Following that, the king divorced his wife, to make a statement and he searched all around the land for someone to replace her. Lots of virgins applied to be queen or at least to be a part of the king's harem. Somewhere else in the kingdom, Mordecai is being the best big cousin he can be. Scripture lets us know that her parents are not alive, but that Mordecai steps in and does what needs to be done. He helps her get into the application pool to be queen, but acts that she keeps her nationality a secret because Jews aren't the most popular people at this time. And that's where we find ourselves. Today, we'll be reading Esther chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, and also verses 15 through 17. I will be reading out of the NIV version of the Bible. Again, you can read out of whichever version suits you. My verse 8 reads, When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Hege. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Hege, who was in charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor. Immediately, he provided her with the broody treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven female attendants selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants to the best place in the harem. Verses 15 says, When the turn came from Esther, the young woman who Mordecai had adopted, the daughter of his uncle Abihel, to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Hege, the king's eunuch, 
who was in charge of the harem, suggested, and Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the 10th month, the 10th month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women, and she won the favor and approval more than any other versions. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Today, I want to remind you that God is always in control and he might be placing you in a position so that you can help others when the need arise. In the society we live in today, a lot of people believe that God's favor is shown in material possessions. The more you have, the more God loves you. Esther could have thought that God really didn't like her that much because of how her life started. The odds were already against her. But she decided to listen to those around her that knew the game or could see the full picture better than her. I want us to be wise enough to know when to ask for help because newsflash, having all the answers is trash and we are not trash. That's why we have to stay in community with other believers. We don't have all the answers. Sometimes we're entered into a season of obedience. We simply have to ask God for the strength and the discipline to follow his way over ours. There is strength connected to our weaknesses. We just have to tap in. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 10 says, this is why. For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Meaning, when we are strong in resources or abilities, we try to do God's work without them. It's only after we acknowledge that we are weak and we need to be filled with his Holy Spirit and power that we are made stronger than we could ever have been on our own. Something that I acknowledged in this passage was the amount of favor that was won by Esther. And it began to make one of my favorite sayings a little bit more clear. Favor ain't fair. And it helped me to realize that it's not of God. See, James chapter two, verse one says, my brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism, period. Favoritism is a byproduct of selfish motives and it goes against the biblical definition of love. Favoritism. It's inconsistent with God's teaching of love and it insults God's people. How can I not be enough? I was quickly reminded of last year when an opportunity came for a promotion and I kept on doubting my abilities. I kept saying there has to be someone more articulate, someone more favorable, someone more knowledgeable about it. And I just felt inadequate. And one of my friends, he reminded me that I had everything that it took and that I should change my thinking from why me into... Why not me? Why wouldn't they choose me? Who better than me for the job? I want to challenge you to take on this new perspective. If not me, then who? Your destiny is waiting for you to show up. Not part of you, not some of you. How long are you going to make it wait? So as you can notice, this really triggered something. And while I was doing my research, I discovered that God's favor is not like human favor. God's favor is really grace like the kind that we don't deserve. In simple terms, we can define God's favor or grace as God giving us the ability to do something which is humanly impossible for us to do. See, Esther couldn't save and protect herself. That was God's favor. Esther couldn't promote herself. That was God's favor. Esther couldn't save the entire Jewish population so that her savior could come into the world as a Jew on her own. That was God's favor. God's favor is totally and unequivocally undeserved and unmerited. I'm going to say it again so you can know I know. <laughs> God's favor is totally unequivocally undeserved and unmerited. There is nothing that we can do to earn or win God's favor. 
He supplies us with his favor or grace only because of his love for us. And if you need to know more about that love, God's favor is better described in John three sixteen. Check it out. There's a lot that can be broken down and dissected within these first couple of chapters of Esther. And I challenge you to read it for yourself and share your ideas with me or someone that you love. Understand that listening to my Bible study podcast is not you doing the work. You actually need to go in and ask God to speak to you. You might get something totally different from me. I challenge you to open your Bible, dust it off and start right where we are. Until then, here are some takeaways from how I interpreted Esther chapter one through chapter three. Base your decisions on careful thinking, not the emotions of the moment. Feelings are not facts, sis. Step out of the moment and look at the big picture. Remember, doing what's right will not always make you popular, but it'll always be worth it. I'm sure that when Queen Vashti told the king that she was not coming, that it was not a popular decision, but she had to do what was right for her. And her decision impacted Esther, which impacted Jesus. Let me let you know that every decision matters. So choose to be selfless instead of selfish because your decisions will impact multiple people. The last and final thing is that we need to choose to trust God's sovereignty. His timing and placement is like no other. Again, our lives are not our own. It's not by random or by chance. We were made on purpose and we have to start living like it. It's bigger than us. Those who choose to do the right thing will always be the minority. Simple. But obeying God is more important than obeying people. And that can be found in scripture Acts chapter 5 verse 29. There will come a time when you have to clearly identify who you really put your trust in, whether it's man or God. And let me be very clear. I'd rather have God's protection and provision than that of a mask. I mean, than that of a man. I mean, the choice is yours. Choose up. Once again, I would like to thank you for tuning in to What's the Word podcast. If someone was on your mind while listening, please send them the link. And if you really enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Instagram at underscore underscore what's the word podcast and on Twitter at underscore underscore what's the word. If no one has told you today, I appreciate you and I love you. Be sure to tune into next week's episode where we will talk about Mordecai and his divine opportunities that led him to be in the right place at the right time.